Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Let's, let's kind of rewind to last week for those of you who weren't here. We called our service last week Transfigured or Prefigured. Obviously, it only made sense if you were part of that service, but the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is literally transformed in front of Peter, James, and John's eyes, transfigured right in front of their faces. He shines so bright. The Bible tells us that that moment needed to happen. They needed to see him in all of his radiant glory. But I believe it wasn't just for that moment. I believe that ultimately it was a prefigure, if you will. The prefiguration to what they were going to look like one day as well. Literally Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're meant to shine, y'all. We're meant to shine. So last week's title really, didn't, really wasn't one of those you could just hang on to. Like, this is great. So instead of rain or shine today, I want to call this service day shame or shine. Shame or shine. What do you want to do today before you leave? Shame or shine. Shame or shine. Let's go back to Matthew real quick. Matthew 17. Matthew 17. We got the little video real quick, because this, this is how some of us have felt this week. Got the little video for me, Kayla? This is how some of us felt this week, right? When I'm not reflecting Jesus. Yep. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, Lord, what am I looking at there? Matthew 17. Matthew 17. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and he led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Someone say light. Hey, literally, he radiated light at that moment. Verse 5 tells us this. This is so, so awesome to me, so interesting to me. Verse 5 says, Peter was still speaking. You know the story? Moses and Elijah appear and are talking with Jesus, and Peter speaks up and says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. We should build three tents in honor of you and Moses and Elijah. Now, the Bible tells us, as Peter was still speaking, don't you love it when you speak stupid stuff and God interrupts and covers you? As he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter's babbling, rambling. He doesn't know what to say. But I thank God in those moments when we need grace the most, even when we're still in the midst of doing our stupidity sometime. Come on, someone. There's the glory of God there to cover us. Literally what's happened is this cloud overshadows them. It engulfs them. And here's what we know about this cloud. In the Old Testament, it's known as the Shekinah glory, the manifest presence of God, if you will. We see it multiple times in the Old Testament. The same cloud that is surrounding the disciples was the, the cloud that, that literally was there present when Moses asked God, show me your glory in Exodus 33. And God kind of hides Moses in his hand in the cleft of the rock and lets him see his his backside as he's walking by. It's the same glory that the day that the tabernacle is, is dedicated with Moses, the, the glory of the Lord comes out like a cloud. The Shekinah glory comes out like a cloud and, and it fills a tabernacle so that Moses can't even go into it. When the temple is finally built under Solomon's reign and the day of that dedication, they are sacrificing and praying and, and, and worshiping God. The Bible tells that the glory cloud, the same Shekinah glory cloud, came down on the temple at its dedication. And it was so thick that the, the priest could even stand to minister and enter the holy place. It's the same glory cloud that if you look at Genesis 1-2, very possible. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the waters as a 
glory cloud, the Shekinah glory. And here we are, we haven't seen this thing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years since the time of the dedication of the tabernacle and, and the temple. We do not see this glorious cloud, the Shekinah glory of God, until Matthew 17. And there it is, surrounding Jesus, illuminating who he really is, bringing out what's on the inside of him, that Shekinah glory, transfigured, being revealed what's on the inside. And here's what we see in Hebrews chapter 1, that Jesus, the Son, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's being. He's sustaining or he's upholding all things by his powerful word. That simply means whenever God says something, that's exactly what it is. And then God upholds his word by making sure that it never changes. So when he calls grass, grass, it remains grass forever. When he calls it a a mountain, it remains a mountain forever. He's upholding, he's sustaining his word. So if you were meant to be a monkey, you would have stayed a monkey forever. But you're not. You did not evolve. You did not change. You came out made in his image and in his likeness. And he upholds his word to make sure you were made exactly what he called you. He sustains all things by his powerful word. That means everything that exists exists because God said so. Let there be, and it was. This is my beloved son, and it is. Everything that exists does so because God said it. That means it's impossible for God to lie. Because the moment he calls it something, that's exactly what it is. That's why he can speak to darkness and say, let there be light. And he can't lie about it, even though it's darkness. He talks to darkness, and it has to become exactly what he says it's going to be. That's the power of our God. That's why he can speak to death and say, let there be life, and the thing has to live. Because it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters what God says. I want to encourage somebody today. If you're in the middle of a situation that seems difficult, if you've got a trouble or a problem or a burden or you're lost, and sin you've got to know today if God will just speak to that situation he can't lie when he opens up his mouth what he says it will be it will be so speak to your sickness and in Jesus name say I am healed speak to your depression and say in Jesus name I am encouraged speak to that demon and say in Jesus name get out of my family get out of my mind get out of my life That's why he calls those things that are not as though they were. Because when he speaks, he can't lie. It has to become exactly what he says it is. Ooh, the power of our God. So in this moment of the transfiguration, Jesus becomes radiant light in front of them. Glory that was on the inside, now made manifest on the outside. Now, Psalms chapter 8 actually speaks to this. It speaks to our our coming Messiah, if you will, in both reference to Adam and the second Adam, the second Adam known as Jesus. Here's what the Bible says in Psalms 8. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. And what is man, verse 4, that you are mindful of him? 
and the Son of Man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, but you have crowned him with glory and honor. So Adam, when he's created in the image and likeness of God, he carries on him glory. Literally, God crowns him with glory and with honor. Now, here's what that means. We use the term glory all the time in church. Glory! We don't know why we say it a lot of times. Reverend Joshua did an excellent job of really breaking this down, but glory really, in its essence, means weight. Okay? Weight. Weight. So when Adam receives glory in his creation, there's now a weight on him. So that means when Adam opens up his mouth, there's weight to his words. Okay? Because there's glory on him. Notice, if I'm made in his image and his likeness, how does God create things? He just speaks. And the glory, the weight on his word just makes things happen. So Adam starts running earth the way that God runs heaven, with his words. So God creates all these living creatures. And Adam's like, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to call them? God says, whatever you choose to call them, that's what they will be. So Adam opens up his mouth, and now these things carry a name because there's weight on Adam's words. Now, you know how this applies. Let's, let's just make sense of this. This is, this is exactly what happens with you and your children, okay? Their words carry no weight with each other. There is no glory on their words. So no matter how they bicker or yell or fuss at each other, nothing changes until somebody with weight on their words gets involved in the situation. This is why my kids, even today, were like, Daddy, would you tell Zion to do this? Why? Because Ella knows there's no weight on her words. There's no glory on her words with Zion. But Daddy carries the weight with what he says. And when I say it, that thing will be established, and it better be done. There's weight on my words. So Adam... Starts running earth in the same image and likeness of his heavenly father. And God speaks and things happen. Adam carries that glory on him. He speaks and things happen. But we know how the story plays out. Adam is ultimately disobedient to God. And goes against God's word. Goes against his glory. We know what he, Romans chapter 3 tells us, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of. When Adam sinned, did he lose God's love? When Adam sinned, did he lose God's favor? When Adam sinned, he lost the glory of God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. That simply means that when Adam spoke, things were no longer going to move the way they used to. He no longer had the glory, the weight upon his vocabulary. So it didn't matter what he said. Nothing was going to change. The glory was gone. All have sinned. Hallelujah. And fallen short of the glory of God. His words no longer carry that weight. Can I tell you that when you have weight on your words, things move? Things move when there's weight on your words. That's why I'm always curious to some of you why you don't hold your tongue more often. Wait a second. What? If there is weight on your words, then why are you always telling everybody you're always going to be broke? Why are you telling everyone you're always going to be alone? Why are you typing that nonsense all over Facebook when you only got like three likes anyway? 
You put a scripture out there, the word of God, you get like 20, but you put your problems out there and don't nobody really care. There is, I'm just curious. Why we go around saying I'm always going to be sick? Why we go around saying that it's hereditary, so I'm going to have it because my family members have it? Why do we go around always saying I'll, I'll never graduate or I can never really pass that class or I might not ever make it into college or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not pretty enough? Why do, we, do you want glory on those things? There's a weight to our words. If I'm not careful, I'm putting glory on top of things that are bringing death. Am I doing all right? Hmm, my God. This is why I'll never tell my kids they're stupid. Never tell my kids they're not good enough. Never tell my kids, what, you're, you're such an idiot. I can't believe you. I don't even joke with them. I don't call them dumb-dumb or you goofball. I don't call them anything like that. No, because there's weight on my words. Instead, I tell them, you are better than this. You are smarter than this. And if you can't remember that, there's not only weight on my words, there's weight in my hand, and I'll make sure you remember the word of God. <laughs> Pastor's really been harping a lot on corporal punishment. There's weight, glory, glory on what I say. Now, Adam loses the glory of God. Nothing moves anymore when Adam speaks. It seems like that glory is gone forever until the second Adam, the last Adam. Jesus Christ shows up. John 1 1 tells us in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 tells us, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And guess what? We beheld his glory. This is John speaking to the transfiguration. We beheld his glory. Look, there it is again. We haven't seen this thing since Adam messed up. We haven't seen this thing called glory since Adam disobeyed God. It's been thousands of years since we've seen this thing. But all of a sudden, here comes a man walking the earth, made in the image of the Almighty God. And when he speaks, that's how we know he's got the glory. Things start moving. Ah, he tells that demon, come out. And it goes into a herd of pigs because there's glory on his word. He finds a man who's been dead for four days and stinks, and he calls him by name and says, Lazarus, come forth, because there's glory on his words. He tells a fig tree to dry up, and it does immediately. Why? Because there's weight on his words. We haven't seen this since Adam. But there it is again, on Jesus, the one who radiates, emanates, fully resembles the glory of God. All over Jesus. For the first time since Adam, we see somebody who speaks and things move. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like t telling certain storms out there, peace be still. I don't like the way the Lord's working today. There was glory on Jesus' words. He could be asleep in a boat, and when they wake him up, he speaks to the storm. I was causing trained fishermen to freak out because there's weight on his words. Sin makes us lose the glory. Jesus come and deals with sin, removes sin, and restores glory.
Now guess what I can do? I can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. I can say to this demon, come out in the name of Jesus. I can say to this sickness, be healed. I can say to this giant, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. There's weight on my words again. Because what sin removed, Jesus restores. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. At least I'm getting a little bit of help from this guy right over here. He can be in CI if you want him to, but the whole point is, I'm, I'm telling you flat out, when you understand, I've been given something that was one time lost. It's been restored to me. I, I'm very careful many times about what I allow come out of my mouth. Because I understand there's a weightiness, a glory to my words. Now, if you care for just a moment, I felt last night from the Lord I needed to go this route. I wasn't really even sure until today. I'm going to shift focus for just a moment, okay? I'm going to shift. In the story of the transfiguration, Peter doesn't know what he's saying. It's flat out heresy. He has no idea what's coming out of his mouth. Here's what happens. When the glory shows up, it shuts up what was coming out of Peter's mouth. It literally stopped him from speaking heresy. It's the glory kept him from going further into sin. All right, let me try to do this. Can, can, I, can you bring up that article for me? <clears throat> I'm a, I've always been a fan of a, a gentleman by the name of Israel Houghton. Do we have that, Kayla? Sorry. Okay. Here's the point. Sometime a couple years ago, Israel found himself in a situation where he got caught up in sin. Living a life he shouldn't have been living. And the problem wasn't that he fell into sin. The problem was that he couldn't find freedom because he was afraid of the shame that he would get from the church. Israel Houghton says he wore a mask for years. Why? Because honestly, the church would reject me if they found out what happened. For, for years, he lived under the shame of what he had done. Why? Because if it was exposed, what's going to happen? What are they going to say about me? Let, me? let me put it to you like this. Okay, let me put it to you like this if I can. Nobody really ever wants to be inadequately, inadequately dressed or worse, inappropriately dressed. Okay? This is why when there's a, an event coming up, you call your friend and you'd be like, what are you? I don't want to come overdressed. I don't want to come underdressed. Tell me what you are wearing. Here's what the Bible tells us about shame. In Genesis chapter 2, when Adam and Eve are created in the image and likeness of God, the Bible says they were naked and not ashamed. Naked and not ashamed. Now, what does that mean? What do you mean? Because they're made in the image and likeness of God, there was no shame. But yet they were naked. Now, now hold on a second. Now, how does that speak to the likeness of God? Because, you know, this is how my mind works. Like, so, so, God, what, what was this you and... What are you looking like? What are you, what are you wearing? Okay. 
what, what, what do you got on, Lord? If they're naked and not ashamed, it means that they've been covered with something. Psalms 104 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my God, for you are great and you are clothed with honor and majesty. And he wraps himself with light as with a garment. So this light that God wraps himself in is basically a depiction of his radiant glory. Now, if Adam and Eve are made in his image and in his likeness, then they are wrapped in something as well. Though they're naked, there's no shame in that because glory has clothed them and wrapped them and they radiate light just as God. Hmm. So, Adam looks just like God. Adam's clothed with glory just like God. Adam's covered in light, just like God. And God intended it to be that way forever. Let, it, let us remain wrapped in his glory, wrapped in light, so there will be no shame to my nakedness. But when Adam betrays his creator, and he finds himself naked and ashamed, what does he do? He does what Israel did. He hides. He hides. He puts on a mask and tries to hide where he's been, what he's done, what he's said. He hides. So I need to speak to somebody here today that just, you've gone into hiding. Oh, you faked the funk so well. That, that big smile of yours goes ear to ear and then you make us believe everything is great. But all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And somewhere along the way, that glory that's on your life, that was, that's been on your life, that glory is literally taken away. And instead, I, I come to church and I wear that mask. I want everybody to think that I'm living right, that I'm doing right, that I'm acting right, because what would happen if they really found out? See, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. If you're bound up, you are no longer coming to the sun for liberation. You're not. You're not. In fact, I want to tell you, just, the main reason I'm saying is just simply this. Church needs to be the most safest place, the most, the most, the most vulnerable place, the most open place that you can be. Can, can I tell you what shame really needs? Shame needs to be exposed by the light. That's what, not so that we can make fun of you, not so we can have dirt on you. Shame needs to be exposed by the light. So I don't, you can't just do that anywhere. But the house of God needs to be a place where God is light, and then there is no darkness at all. So when I come into his glorious presence, this needs to be the place where I can be real. Be honest. Be open. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I'm far from God. I've messed up. I've been thinking wrong. I want to quit. I want to give up. Can I come to some place and find some people that will love me, that will let me be vulnerable, that will still be there for me? I don't want to wear the mask anymore. I want to be free. I just need to know if there's anybody still in this house that agrees with me. This needs to be a place of restoration. This needs to be a place of liberation. This needs to be a place of hope and victory. And it can't be that if we're always faking the fuck in front of everyone. Don't think we don't know you by the Spirit anyway. I know people in this room right now that are upset with me and have been for a long time. 
I can't feel your spirit? Oh, you smile on my face. You, you might talk to me if I, if I pass by you, but otherwise, you're upset with me. So I want this to be a vulnerable place. Come and tell me what your issue is. Let's get it worked out. Let's grow up and move forward. What happened when the glory is removed? Shame. Shame is all we're left with. Shame. Here's Adam and Eve now exposed and naked. But here's what I love about our God. Even in their shame, even in their nakedness, the Bible tells us he kills an animal, an innocent animal, and takes that skin and covers. Oh, it covers them. <laughs> Do you understand that what happened in Genesis 3 was a foreshadowing of what the perfect, precious Lamb of God was going to do for your sin and for your shame. My God. My God. Somebody hears me in your spirit just, just for a moment. This is what we call the, the great exchange. I deserved dishonor. I deserved disrespect. I deserved my shame. I deserved death. But there's something known as the great exchange that in the moment I was, I was supposed to receive what I was due. There was the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who stepped in my place and said, let me give you my honor for your dishonor. Let me give you my glory for your shame. Let me give you my righteousness for your unrighteousness. Let me give you my victory for everything you've lost in life. The Bible tells me that moment God says to Adam, where are you? Where are you? That's not because God needed an answer. He's God. He knew right where Adam was. He was asking Adam, do you know where you are? Because you're not where I designed you. You're not where I called you. You're not who you're supposed to be. This sin has caused you to lose that glory. And now you feel nothing but shame. So where are you right now, son? Because I want to cover you. I want to envelop you. I, I, I want to restore you. Now we know it was thousands of years before Jesus ever came. But I thank God I live under the new covenant now. The one has been purchased with his blood. So here's what I've got today, ladies and gentlemen. I've got an opportunity. You and I have an opportunity to walk around in the glory that Adam forfeited. In the glory that Adam lost. We have the opportunity to walk around in the glory that though sin caused me to fall short of God's glory, Jesus Christ came full of glory. I beheld it, and now as I walk with him, I receive that glory on my life once again, and I can speak the things and tell them, this is how it's going to be. I can speak to Aurora and say, arise, shine. 
for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I can speak to gang violence and say enough's enough. It's time to stop because I've got that glory on my life. I can speak to divorce. I can speak to broken families. I can speak to division within entire family units. I can say this stops now. No more. This one. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a glory on my words now. I'm understanding who I am in Christ. I'm understanding what he's made available to me. I was once dishonorable, but I received his honor. I was once full of shame, but he chose to cover me. He chose to cover me. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures and I'll wrap this up. Think about this. Psalms 4, verse 2. How long will my people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after lies? Can I read that again just because I need this to get into somebody's spirit? How long will you, my people, turn my glory into shame? God wants to know. Why are we only living holy when it's church time? You're turning my glory into shame. How long will you love vanity? How long will you seek after lies? If it's not found in God's word, where truth is found, it's a lie. I don't care what the media says, it's a lie. I don't, I don't care how popular that superstar is. If it isn't the word of God, it's a lie. I don't care if the entire world jumps off the same bridge because they said it's going to be awesome. You still want to die? It's a lie. God says, how long are my people going to turn my glory into shame? It really is. You know why it's so deep? Because here in church, again, this place where the glory of God should be evident, this place where we want to see the glory of God week in and week out, it is shameful to think that there are Christians that you're looking down their nose at other people. You Pharisee, check yourself. You're not even going to be able to get the speck of dust in my eye until you get the log out of your own. So who do you think you are? My God. You, you need a little help here today to understand. We are turning his glory into shame. And this cannot be in a house that wants to see his glory. Now, if we just want a good Christian service, you can go anywhere. Get some goosebumps, sing a couple songs, hear the pastor give you an encouraging, an encouraging, uplifting word. You can get that from Caleb. I guess you really need it. The bottom line is, if we want to see his glory, I'm talking about the weight where things start moving again where things start correcting and lining up again with his perfect will, with his design. We, can, we have to make it up in our hearts and our minds. We have to decide, how much longer am I going to turn his glory into shame? Am I doing all right? Are you sure? Adam is made... And Eve are made a garment of skin and they're clothed. Here's what's so crazy to me. It is a foreshadowing of Jesus. And how does Jesus come into the world? Naked as a baby. How does he leave the world? Hanging in shame and nakedness on a cross. So that... 
This is why church needs to be the most safest place on the planet. So when you come in with your shame, we can expose it with the truth of God's word, the light of his glorious gospel, and see you set free from your, not just your, your sin, but the shame of it. My God. I got it. I don't have the greatest testimony in the world because I really didn't do much wrong. I did my best to live for Jesus. So it's kind of like the best testimony, if you will. But some of you got some amazing testimonies. In fact, right now, some of the things you've been doing the last couple months, the last couple years, if you would just let the light of God's truth expose where you've been, set you free, you could probably help another brother or sister out as well. I just wish this could be the place where I could come and say, I'm struggling with pornography, I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with jealousy and envy. I'm angry all the time. I need help. I, I'm, I'm depressed. Here I am, I carry a title. I'm a man of honor, but I'm depressed. Why can't we say that in God's presence around God's people? We can if we will stop turning his glory into shame. He promised, Jesus promised he would come back. And the kind of church he would have would be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, or any other such mask. And I came to expose those masks today and say enough's enough. Jesus' flesh hid the glory that was on the inside. But once that veil was removed, he radiated truth and light and glory. This is what we are meant to do as well, to radiate truth. To radiate light, to radiate his glory. Who am I speaking to today? Just honestly, who am I speaking to today? You're hiding behind that mask. There's, come on, just be honest. There's shame in my life, Pastor. And this is, come on, there's, this needs to be the safest place for me to be honest. Come on, I'm gonna, I want you to keep your hand there because I know there's more people in this room. It's time to drop the pretense, it, it, it's time to drop the falsehoods. It's time to be honest and say, this, this mask I've wore long enough. I can't, I can't make people believe this about myself any longer because I'm starting to believe a lie. I can't keep doing this anymore. This is going to be the, the day where I find my victory, where I find my liberty, where I find my hope once again. I don't have to be fake. I don't have to wear the mask anymore. I will not feel rejected anymore. the fear. When glory is removed, shame is all that's left. And those people just had their hands raised. I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to expose you to make you feel bogus. I'm trying to bring you into his glorious light. If you just raise your hand just a moment ago, I'm going to ask you now to take a step of faith right now and just stand to your feet. Yep, stand to your feet. Come on. Sorry, stand to your feet. There we go. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Come on, family of God. Come on, family of God. We are changing the narrative from shame to glory, from shame to glory. My God, my God. And I believe this is why Jesus had to radiate light in that moment. He knew he was getting ready to lay down his life. He knew he could have just said, forget it. These people are going to reject me anyway. I don't need to do this. No, no, I do need to do this. So let me just shine glory because shame is coming. But let me show them in advance that I can remove their shame with my glorious light. I can surround them with a cloud of the Holy Spirit who will keep them 
If I could ask you right now, those of you sitting at your feet, what kind of shame have you been wearing? Just name it. Name your shame. You could probably tell me all sorts of things. This is the shame I've been wearing, Pastor. This is the shame I've carried. But here's what I want to tell you today. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. Romans 13. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus. And guess what's going to happen? That lustful flesh, I won't be able to make provisions for it. Because I'll be clothed. No longer my shame. Clothed in the Lord Jesus. I got some people standing at the feet right now that have, have felt the shame and they're tired of the pretense. I thank God for you. I need to know if there's anybody in this room that can just be honest and say, I've looked down people, my nose at other people. I'm the cause of some of that shame. I'm the reason that people feel less than, like they can never live up to. I've let a Pharisaic spirit rise up inside of me. And I look back at the tax collector and I say, thank you, God, I'm nothing like that sinner back there. This is what glory does. It reveals and deals with my shame. Those of you just standing up in the name of Jesus. I declare today a freedom that you've not felt in so long. A liberty, a liberty that has eluded you for so long. Today, in this moment, God is saying, I've got you covered. I've got you covered. Stop covering up the shame. I've got you covered. Let those masks come down today. I've got you covered. I've got you covered. I've got you covered. My God. I need some real Christians to help me out for just a moment. Not religious people. I'm talking about some real Christians just to help me out right now. Let's speak to this atmosphere and declare this will be the safest place in the city of Aurora. Right here. This right here. I know somebody else feels the need to stand to their feet right now and be set free from your shame. Come on, today's your day for liberty. Don't hide it anymore. Don't hide it anymore. This is what light does. Light exposes everything done in darkness. That's what it does. Light. Light. It completely reveals what's there. It says no more sickness, no more depression, no more shame, no more sin, no more, no more of that. The glorious light of this gospel right now is shining in our hearts. It's illuminating our understanding. I don't have to live the way I, I have been. I don't have to be bound by that shame anymore. I'm free. 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 I need somebody to declare that today. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I was struggling when I came in, but I'm free. I was upset when I came in, but I'm I'm free. I was hiding when I came in, but I'm free. I'm free today. I'm free. 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 My God. My God. To the church as a whole, my mandate has been to expose shame, but also to declare this. Last verse I'll give you. Ephesians 5, 14. To the church of Jesus Christ in this house, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, 
and Christ will give you light. Come on, church. Come on, church. Somebody wake up. Somebody rise up. Somebody speak up. If there's glory on your words, then speak up. If there's glory in your life, then stand up. If there's glory on your, on your present right now, then let's speak some things to our future and let it know. No more shame. No more hiding. No more struggling. I will live in his glorious light. I will carry this everywhere that I go. No more sleeping all week long and then trying to wait for my slumber during a church service. I will arise right now and I will let the glorious light of Jesus Christ illuminate me and shine from me. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now is the time. Everyone to your feet with me as we close the service out today. I was reading about Israel's story. Israel Houghton. And even though he was so afraid of rejection, guess what? It all came out anyway. I'm just trying to tell you, you can't hide, baby. You can't hide. You can throw them hands up high and shout and dance and get crazy, but you can't hide. You really can't. Our God is a consuming fire. And what he's trying to do for you today, if you will let him, is reveal his glory in your life once again. My God. I'm trying to get away from this, but I I just sense the love of God in this room. And the Holy Spirit just, I mean, he's tugging on heartstrings. I really am trying to close this out. I really am. But here's what Israel, I just want to show, here's what Israel still did. Even in the midst of his shame and the fear of rejection, he was still writing worship songs. He was still doing what he was designed to do. You know what the greater shame is? Not that he messed up, but that the church wouldn't be who we're supposed to be. He kept fulfilling his design, writing worship music. What the heck? What the heck? You know how many pastors as of late have been completely exposed? For the wrong they've done, misappropriating finances, having extramarital affairs, pastors who mistreat their staff right here in our area. Let me ask you something. Who's most prone to wear a mask on a Sunday? You don't know because you don't stand in my spot. You don't know what it's like to get up here sick, defeated, depressed, angry, living in lack, and still preach you the word of God week in and week out. And try try to remain truthful and honest in the process. If we had more churches that would get behind their leadership and pray for them, instead of always pointing fingers at... (laughs) 
I'm not saying I shouldn't be held to a higher standard. Of course I should. I'm saying when I fall and I'm and I lose sight of that standard, I need to know I've got people that will still hold me up and be like, Pastor, you're better than this. Don't give up. Don't quit now. You still can change. Let's see the glory of God revealed in your life once again. I'm not saying this because I'm doing anything wrong behind the scenes. I'm simply saying, my God, there are so many men in my position that God exposed them because he wouldn't let them live in sin, but then the church didn't cover them. Shame on us. And if you call yourself a Christian, how dare you condemn another one? I'll say it again. If you call yourself a Christian, how dare you condemn another brother or sister? feel this anger in my spirit. It's a righteous indignation towards everything that has kept away the glory of God. Our shame has kept the glory of God at bay. My God. And there's a few of us that know it better than others. And God is simply saying today, you really want my glory? Then deal with their shame. Deal with their shame. So I'm going to say it again you've ever looked down on someone else, if you've ever judged someone else, if you've used scripture to justify what you were saying against a brother or sister in Christ, let me remind you, if anyone be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, he, she is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things become And if you don't like it when you're exposed, you don't like it when your shame is put out there, you want to be covered, then let's apply the golden rule right now. And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Ooh, what kind of, what kind of church would we have, somebody, if we started covering? What kind of society would we have if we started covering? What kind of city would Aurora be if we begin to arise and shine? For our light has come. Now the light will expose the darkness. The light will expose the sin. But ooh, guess what? It's meant to cover it as well. Light is meant to remove the darkness. It's covered. I can't even see it anymore. So one more time, I got to deal with this. Any honest Christians I can say, yep, I've been a Pharisee. But to my, to my shame, I look down on others. But now to God's glory. Now to God's glory. Not anymore. Not anymore. If he's the glory and the lifter of my head, I'm going to do that for my brother. I'm going to do that for my sister. Come on, I just, I just need to know if i got any Christians that are going to help me out with this moving forward to make sure that this remains the safest place for people to come. Right here. Right here. Come on, Christian. I, I, didn't, I need to know, do i got any Bible-believing, God-fearing, Holy Ghost-filled, full-of-glory kind of Christians 
this will be a safe place. It will be a place of vulnerability. And therefore, it can be a place of healing, a place of victory, a place where sin isn't just exposed, but sin is covered and removed in the name of Jesus. Do I got some Christians that are in agreement with me? In 2019, it's it's time to stop playing religious games and really just show forth His glory. All right. If that's you, lift your hands to me right now, Dad. Lift your hands right now. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am one who is meant to show forth his glory. I am one who is clothed in the Lord Jesus. I will no longer turn his glory into shame. Nope. Nope. Not anymore. Not anymore. I will be the one that when I speak words, I understand the weight that comes with it. That's why I won't condemn anybody. I won't do it. I won't do it. I will correct, but I will not condemn. Come on, somebody. I will correct, but I will not condemn. To flat out, if you're not married, stop having sex. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. I'm not condemning you. I'm correcting you. Stop. If you are married, stop looking elsewhere and find the fulfillment in the spouse God gave you. Do it. Do it. If you have money, stop being greedy with it. Give to God what is God's. You know Caesar's going to take his anyway, so give to God what is God's and be a blessing to those in need. Do it. Do it. This is just, this is not kind of, this is correction. There's weight on my words. Try to correct these things. If you are sick in your body and haven't for a long time, learn from Josiah. Don't declare this is how it's always going to be. Declare I am healed in the name of Jesus. There's weight, there's glory on my words. My God. My God. Come on, Christians. We're getting this thing right. We're getting this thing right. No more shame. Just His glory. Come on, someone speak that with me. No more shame. Just His glory. Come on, no more shame. Just His glory. Somebody realize there's weight on your words and say, no more shame. Just His glory. Just His glory. Just His Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.